0: so gentlemen thank you for our first ever uh this is a tense term three-way unscripted (laughs) um. welcome to unscripted with kirby hossaman and bill petrie in this weekly podcast kirby and bill talk about the world of marketing branding and promotional products unscripted is available only at promocorner.com the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry now here's kirby and bill And welcome to this week's episode of Unscripted. I am your host, and with me as always is my good pal, the good time player man from Coshocton, Ohio, Dr. Kirby Haussman. And we have another guest with us today, the president and CEO of PPAI, Paul Bellantone. Gentlemen, how the hell are (laughs) you?
1: Doing well. Good morning, Bell.
2: Good morning, my friend. We are we're rocking live from Coshocton, so we're really excited. How are you, buddy?
0: doing great i'm in new orleans yeah. and uh you know it's a it's an interesting town i walked down bourbon street last night and uh definitely could use a little squeegee action on that street <laughs> but uh, it, I, I enjoyed my time um you know who else is rocking kirby who's that and Ball? who's that 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 would be the good folks at common skew and you know kirby you and i just returned from skew camp which was a great event and we all know that Skew is a great software platform to run your distributor business. So we really want you to go to that free trial at commaskew.com backslash unscripted. I think one of the things I heard this week, Kirby, from a couple of people, how easy it is to onboard new reps because they say this system is so much easier than what I had before.
2: Yeah, I think I think the thing about it is is not only onboarding new reps, but really just having them understand the flow of how an order sort of should go through the Go through the pipeline and it, you know, CommonsKew really makes that super transparent and super easy to get through it. And that's, again, anytime you can save time, that is the most valuable thing you have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we always thank them for their sponsorship. Gentlemen, I hope you guys have some topics. We're going to have a little fun here. Yeah. Uh, Kirby, do you want to start us off? You bet. Actually, uh, that's actually. Um, the way that we talked
2: about that is a good intro because, you know, we, you and I just got back from SKU Camp, a great event, great location, all that sort of thing. But I find, you know, that I struggle to maintain productivity on the road. I struggle with uh, being as productive as I am at home.
0: And I, that's assuming you're, that's assuming you're productive in that office as well with the brewery right around. the
2: corner. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I, I feel like I am a little bit more productive, but you guys are both. I mean, you're in New Orleans right now. Paul, you're in Coshocton, okay. which is definitely not your home field. Right. Uh, so what are some tips? And Paul, uh, certainly I talk to you first if you want. What are some tips you have from maintaining some level of productivity on the road?
1: Uh, strong Wi-Fi signal. So <laughs> I, this is actually one of the longest road trips that I've been on since I've been in a position. It'll be two weeks um, when I round it out on Sunday. I sometimes get more work done on the road than I actually do in the office because really? I'll have my meetings, I'll have the visits that I'm doing, but I'll spend five or six hours holed up in a hotel room just you know, responding to emails and conference calling with my team. So I've actually found it to be fairly productive time for
2: me. Mm, Cool, cool. Bill, what do you think, man?
0: Um, You know, I I do struggle with it too, but I I find that when I do get good Wi-Fi, which sometimes is iffy, um, I'm more focused. So actually, I can get through emails fairly quickly, and I tend to say, okay, I'm gonna spend 10 minutes or 15 minutes plowing through emails, and then I've gotta get this blog post done, so I'm gonna get that done. I think because time is so short, It ends up helping me focus and get more things done. So I don't necessarily struggle with being productive on the road. Emails, I end up, you know, I'll say, oh, I'll get that out later. And then 30 more emails come in and I delete the ones I want to delete. But sometimes uh, I'll find an email a week later and realize I haven't answered (laughs) somebody's question or uh, responded as quickly. Um, But to me, it's just taking advantage of those breaks, especially, you know, when you're at SKU Camp, taking advantage of those breaks.
2: Yeah, and I, f- I feel like maybe maybe one of the answers is a couple fewer IPAs, maybe. Maybe I mean, that maybe that's I it. I think that might I be
0: think, I think I think that's absolutely it. Absolutely. Good good start off. So I, I think we'd be tone deaf a little bit if we didn't talk about the Las Vegas shooting, mm. uh, which was just so horrific. And and Paul, you eloquently put it in, in a Facebook post. You know, that's our home yeah. a lot. I mean, I I always like to say I've spent a measurable portion of my life at Mandalay Bay. I think over the course of the the years I've been in the industry and other events, I've been there. I think I've stayed there over four—I know over four months. I'm thinking about six or seven months, so almost half a year I've lived in that facility. And and the the, the shooting obviously was tragic, and still trying to sort out why, and we may never know why. Paul, what was your initial reaction— and I really want your take on this, and I'd love yours too, well, Kirby. But from an industry perspective, knowing that Expo Housing had just opened, how did that, you know, what, 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 impact, what impact did that have on you and your planning for Expo?
1: Well, I think uh, Vegas is going to be a double topic because I had just written down a note to Kirby <laughs> that said I'm going to talk about Vegas. Um, boy, Bill, we're wrestling with it from a couple of different standpoints. You know, where there's the humanity side of it. There we're all people and I go to festivals and you go to music festivals and we bring out kids to to these events and you think about the the, the reckless, senseless tragedy of it all. And and you try to let that wash over you and, and not um, you know and 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 go about your day and, and do the things that the rest of the country's doing. On the on the other side of it, you know there's this expo franchise and it's you know about a hundred days from now and we recognize that we have an obligation to the industry and to your businesses and to the association to make sure that that's a viable event and that the attendees are showing up and and that the exhibitors are showing up and forced to serve the attendees um you know we are an industry of meters and gatherers we mm. we do what we do because we love being in front of people so from me personally, it's been trying to strike that balance between how do I let the, the senselessness of this wash over me and how do I absorb it and respond to it as a human? But at the same time, how do we you know, execute that fiduciary responsibility and making sure that what we have going on in Vegas is, is the best and that, and that people feel safe and confident that we're doing everything that we can to make sure that they have a great experience? It's troubling. I have I have staff that are bothered by this and, and I have business partners and friends that work for Mandalay Bay and throughout Las Vegas that are shaken by this.
2: Yeah. And it. it, it go ahead. Good, go ahead. Um, you
0: know, I know I think the the everything you hit the dead on it, Paul. I mean, I think it struck all of us when we woke up Monday morning and you're trying to make sense of all this. And of course, my first thought was, wow, I'm going to be there in about three months. And it doesn't scare me or wouldn't wouldn't prevent me from coming to an event like that. I think you have to just keep marching forward. But I think, you, like you said, Paul, you have to look at the humanity of it, certainly. And then all the people affected directly and then indirectly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are there people who get to Mandalay Bay and they're going to say, I, I don't want a room on the 32nd floor. Right. I, there's no way I'm staying in that room. What about you, Kirby?
2: Yeah, I, you know, it's a couple different thoughts come to my head. You know, we were both on the road and, and you guys know, you know, we all kind of travel a fair amount. Sure. And, uh, my daughter reached out to me and was like, where are you? Because she's like, I don't, you know, she doesn't keep track of my itinerary and the, she knows I go to Las Vegas on a regular basis. And she just knew I was at a conference. And so she wakes up and the first thing she wonders is where's my dad. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, we all are kind of living through trying to get our head around something this crazy, but then understanding that we need to march on if we can't. I want to do that as sensitively as possible. And again, Bill, you and I have talked about this. I mean, I just lost a good friend a couple of weeks ago and I talked about the grief fog that I was in for about a week. And so I am super empathetic to the people who are going through that now with the idea that Gosh, I don't even know how you move on from it. And, uh, but on the other side, that, as you say, you know, PPAI has a responsibility to, you know, the rest of us in the association to try and make us feel safe and make sure that the event goes on. So, yeah, it's, it
1: it is crazy. So, well, uh, you know, I go to at least one or two music festivals with my 13 year old Mm -hmm. every year. You know, this, you know, I I I post it up. We had a conversation about it the other night and he asked, you know, are are we going to stop going to concerts? Mm -hmm. I said, No, we're going to go to more. This is what we do. This this is part of our, you know, family culture that we do these things. But there are a lot of people who don't travel all the time that, that don't get out and they they tend to work a little bit geographically in a smaller area. And we know that there are a number of people who woke up on Monday morning and said, I'm not going. Right. You know, for whatever reason, and, and you know, the, the business side of it kicks on and says, OK, how do we convince these people that they're going to have a really good experience in Vegas and that we're going to come together as a community? That's the beauty of the expo. It's not just a trade show. It's a convention of like minded people. Yeah. So, Absolutely. you know, we, we need to find a way in Vegas in January to help people discuss this and, and share this grief, but also share what comes out of the grief. So yeah, no, no
0: question, yeah. no question. You know tough, we, tough and, and, yeah, and I think you hit the note, uh, uh, you know, nail on the head. We have to move forward. You know, nine eleven happened. We have to move forward. We have to stand in defiance, almost, to actions like this. You know, when when we get scared and and we allow that fear to prevent us from moving forward, or, or let me even put it on a broader scale, prevents us from living life. We lose. Mm we lose and we can't, we can't do that. We can't do that. So that, I thought that was a great discussion. I really liked that. So Paul, do you have another topic or did I, did I steal yours completely?
1: Um, you took my topic, but um, I'm completely okay with that. I, <laughs> I, I, I have a, a different topic. I think it was going to be under um, like the fill in the blank at the end of this. Okay. But in, I've, I've had a lot of road time in Ohio over the last three or four days. And they have a lot of roundabouts. Hmm. Have you, I, I, I don't know if, I know this isn't the deepest conversation that you guys are ever going to have, but do you all just That's get all right. that deer in headlight when you enter a roundabout as well? Because I just don't know how to come out the other end. I've seen a lot of small cities in Ohio, uh, virtue of a roundabout not knowing how to exit.
0: Go ahead Bill. Go ahead. Kirby, uh, go Kirby, you live in Ohio. Yeah. You answer this. I, I do have some hot sports opinions. Yeah, no, it's That's so funny. Roundabout. So it's
2: what's really interesting Paul and again Paul's very new to kishakten within the last hour so what you're going to find is we don't have roundabouts in kishakten so i am the deer in the headlights guy i just came from uh, my brother-in-law's in kansas and i swear they have them about every block yeah. and it is it is one of those things that you're like okay i understand the concept of this but it did take me a little while to get used to it because you're like okay do i stop do i not stop do i go what's so yeah i'm 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 with paul on this one
1: yeah it, it was it, it could have been a lot worse than it <laughs> yeah. out. I promise you that. Yeah, no, no question.
0: So here, here's my thing. So I live in Franklin, Tennessee, and right down Main Street is a roundabout, and I don't necessarily mind driving it, but I'm convinced nobody else knows how to get <laughs> yeah. it. And so I, I, there's a couple times where i my son, uh, one of my sons, plays guitar, and his music, his guitar lessons are downtown. And we go downtown all the time, but it seems to happen when we're together, yeah. and so be i'll I'll turn into chevy chase i can't get right um instead of i can't get left i can't get right to exit off the roundabout and it just seems like people don't know how to get left and get right in an in an easy way so everybody's kind of freaking out like me or paul so they're they're a bad idea and heaven help me if somebody's trying
1: to cross the street
0: through (laughs) the roundabout i don't know as the right well, yeah, and in Franklin, right at the end of one of the roundabout streets is a, is a walk, walkway, and it's a you must yield to the pedestrians. Mm-hmm. So that brings things to a grinding halt way too often. So, no, I am thumbs down on the roundabout.
2: Yeah, it's funny, too, because around here what you got is you get, uh, of course, the four-way stop. Which it is, it is really funny to me because that one seems pretty basic to me, and people struggle with who goes first. Everybody's waving, you know. It's it's Midwest, so everybody's really polite. Everybody wants everybody else to go first, Um, and the flashing yellow—that's probably my pet peeve because you don't stop at a flashing yellow, and people do not understand that at all.
0: So uncertain. (laughs) Yeah. The the older I get, the less other people know how to (laughs) drive. All right. Um, do you want to do one more topic and then jump into film? Yeah, marketing? yeah.
2: So, um, do, you, do you
0: have a topic? Do you
2: want to I, I go? do. I do. So, cool. um, end user shows. Paul, you, the last yeah. couple of days you were at end user shows. Um, we have an end user show coming up for our company here in about a week, actually. Um, and you know, I get, I feel like there's a lot of value to them. And obviously, you were speaking at one, yeah. uh, a couple of them. And so, so what? Do you, what are both of your opinions on end user show? Are they Sort of moving toward the future of the industry, or is this just another tool in the toolbox? What What are your kind of takes on that, Bill? Why don't you go first this time?
0: Yeah, uh, big fan of the end user show, and I've had an opportunity to speak at some of the end user shows, you know, talking about the value of promotional products, and, and certainly have uh, hoisted a lot of data from PPAI about you know where they're kept, how often they're kept, how often they're used, the retention. And it's amazing, and I'm sure I'd love to hear Paul's take on this, but I think it'll be very similar. It's amazing how you you're watching an audience when you're speaking about the value of promotional products, and you see the light bulbs going off in their head when you ask them, you know, where do you keep promotional products, or how many of you have this in hand, and all that. So, uh, from a speaking standpoint, I think the promotional pro- or the uh, end user shows are a really great tool. And then, you know, we're all jaded being in the industry. You know, I walk into a trade show i know where i want to go it's not as overwhelming for me and and on some level it's not as magical as it could be and i think when those end users go with their sales consultants and walk the end or walk an end user show. The suppliers are giving them all sorts of information. It's a very safe environment for uh, everybody to uh, sell, and you know there's no stealing of clients or anything like that. It's a wonderful tool, and you get to see that magic in people's eyes when they see I didn't realize all of this was available to me because it's almost impossible as a distributor to to explain that to an end user. Paul, what do you think?
1: I'm a fan of them, and I tell the regional associations that we work with that. If they need a speaker at an end user show, we will provide it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's exactly what I was doing the last two days. I did one in Columbus, one in Cleveland. And I like the magic of an end user event. I like like having clients expect more from their promotional consultant Mm -hmm. and from the suppliers that are on the show floor. And I actually do the entire presentation making the client or hoping that the client expects more from everybody in the channel. So as I'll say, you know, ask for, um, ask for testimonial, ask for case histories, um, talk to them about the industry that you're in and, and how the product may be, may have been used successfully in those cases. I think it's part of the evolution of our industry. You know, for the first hundred years of our industry, we've basically, tried to keep it a secret. We had secret codes and secret pricing and secret names on catalogs. And you know. since the advent of the internet, information is cheap, it's easy, it's accessible. And I think bringing the buyer into the conversation is the next step in the evolution of that. So for me, end user shows, I don't know if we'll ever see it at the national level. I think that there's a lot of logistics that would make that more difficult. But I think individual distributors and regional associations running end user shows is, is a logical place for that interaction to happen.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I think the big takeaway from there is that Paul and PPA are trying to take speaking gigs away from
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
2: well, who, who said they're not recommending you?
1: Um,. I can guarantee. I'm <laughs> <that. laughs> in <It's Yeah. good. laughs> I mean, Ohio. Not this. Actually, you know, it's one of the things that helps me as a as an association person is that I'm here and today I'm going to be going out on on client visits with Kirby, and and it gives me the opportunity to learn more about what clients are expecting from promotional consultants, and then we take that information, we go back to PPAI, and hopefully we develop programs and services for suppliers and distributors to help to help us deliver on those promises. So
0: no, I think you, you getting that feedback directly from the people, Paul, is what makes you um, so uh, special in the industry and what makes PPI so effective in the industry because you constantly are seeking that information. So I absolutely applaud you. For I make
1: name. distributors nervous, though, because um, <laughs> I generally start out my presentations by saying, um, if you're a client, please raise your hand and they'll raise their hand. And then I'll say, "Did you know that the person next to you makes money every time you place an order?" And <laughs> the client shakes their head, "Yes, you know, of course. I didn't think they were doing it for grins." And the distributor gives me this frightened look like, <laughs> "Oh my goodness, I, you know, they thought I was a volunteer or something." That's you funny. know, once you put that on the table and you and you start talking about the value of working with a promotional consultant, you watch the dynamic change and you watch the shoulders loosen up a little bit and then you start having a dialogue with clients rather than just um, having them feel fortunate to have somebody get them product. Yeah. So um, it's, a, it's a process.
2: That's good stuff.
0: No,
1: it, it is.
0: It is. So are we ready to do a little fill in the blank?
2: Yeah. Well, a little We're Paul Bellantone right. fill in the blank.
0: I love it. That's right. Fill in the Blank is brought to us by our good friends at Branded Logistics. And if everybody recalls, Branded Logistics has everything, and I mean everything, Otterbox sells. And they're just waiting to put brands and logos on them to fill your orders. So there is an unscripted special. They are offering a free, that's right, free, that means no cost to you, just like this platinum-level content you're listening to right now, a free distributor self-promo case to each listener uh, of the program, one per distributorship, so you better act fast. Send an email with your artwork and and the model of the phone you carry to sales at brandedlogistics.com to get your free case. All right, Kirby, why don't you go ahead and start us off. Okay. Fill in the blank. Cool.
2: All right. So so we just got back from or I just got back from the road. You're still on the road. Both of you. So the best. And again, I'll give you to go first. I'll give Bill, you answer this one first and then you jump in, Paul. So the best part of life on the road
0: is free upgrades. <laughs> um, i travel enough and i'm still loyal to my airline of choice which is american airlines and while we're recording this little podcast i got that beautiful email that my upgrade tomorrow is confirmed nice. uh, which means i get to sit in a big seat <laughs> and i get an actual choice of snacks if i want um, so it's little things like that, that make a, you know, a long trip like this. You know, I think Paul City's on a 13 day trip. I'm in the middle of a, a nine day trip, um, uh, several cities. It, it, those are the little things that make it go, you know what? It's not that
2: horrible. <laughs> I like it. So, uh, Paul, the best part of life on the road is.
1: Well, um, the solitude. Okay. Believe it or not. Um, well, it, I, I can be alone in a crowd, whether if I'm doing um, a trade show, like I have, Like I've done for the last couple of days, but I actually like the alone time of doing work in a hotel room, Mm -hmm. driving in a car, and getting that windshield time that I might not normally have when I'm home or I'm in my office in Irving, Texas.
2: I like it. I like it, Bill. All right. The
1: best
0: flavor potato chip
2: is, Kirby? Salt and vinegar, my friend. Salt and vinegar. I love the – I'm not actually – and you know this about me. I'm not a big uh, uh, sweets or junk food guy, not because of any morality thing. I just historically don't like it. Um, and so okay. – but salt and vinegar is one of my go-tos. So how about you, Paul?
1: Sea salt. Um, I, think, I, I know that sea salt is all the rave and it's on everything, but whoever thought of would them on Throwing them on a potato chip was genius. I <laughs> love that's it. Awesome. I love it. All right, Paul, you got to fill in the blank for us? I do. Well, my first one says, when I enter a roundabout, I blank. <laughs> I actually, no, that. That's actually accurate. I blank. I blank. I <laughs> completely go blank. So you guys, um, have, Bill, had you ever been to Palm Springs before? I have not. And Kirby, had you ever been there? No, sir. So my fill in the blank is actually, when I think of Palm Springs, I think... So what's it going to be from now
2: on, Kirby? Uh, I I would love to steal. I'm not going to steal Bill's answer because I know what he's going to say. Um, I think hip. Palm Springs was ultra hip to me, like almost so hip it was unhip. Like everything about it, like the Ace Hotel was really cool. Every it was like everything was super cool. Like when I you know I'm from Kishopton, Ohio. You go to the big city of Palm Springs, and everybody was super hip. How about you? Uh,
0: first of all. That's not a big city. Now, maybe compared to (laughs) Kazakhstan, it's a big city. That's what I'm comparing it to. All right. So when I think of Palm Springs, I think of a retro hotel. So I'm not going to say Africa hot, which is what uh, Kirby thought I was going (laughs) to say. No, it's it's interesting. There are so many old Howard Johnsons and Uh old old motels that have been converted into these, like Kirby said, very hip, very cool, very funky uh, hotels that I think really – really define the landscape in terms of uh, from a tourist perspective. So I really like that. The other one is expensive. Goodness things are expensive out there. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, We got time for one more fill in the blank and I'm going to throw it out there. Um, besides beer, your favorite beverage is, Paul?
1: Um, I swore them off every once in a while. I'll break down and have one, but it's actually Diet Mountain Dew. <sighs>
0: Wow <laughs> I'm, stu- I'm that's stunning <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like jet fuel
0: that's right yeah. and
2: uh, my, here this will be super boring I, I didn't go with the diet I my favorite drink other than beer is Mountain Dew screw oh, the no. diet <laughs> what is with the
1: Mountain Dew in you two that's <laughs> that, and it's a color that doesn't happen in nature there's really nothing natural no. about it at all
0: <laughs> no and it's got like five times more caffeine than I think a can of coke right yeah. I mean, oh. it's like all caffeined up well you know who doesn't have to be caffeined up to do a great job and those are the good people at Skew. and that was a pleasure. Platinum level transition. <laughs> so, um, again, we just got back from SKU Camp. Great time, and you know, so many people from Common SKU were there. And to a person, what a what a class group of people! And they run a really great organization. So, if you're a distributor and you need a new software program or platform to run your uh, business. Go ahead and give CommSkew a try. It's com slash unscripted. You won't be sorry you did. They're going to take care of you. They're going to tell you how you can run your business more efficiently. And that puts more money in your pocket. And frankly, who doesn't want that? Okay. So, gentlemen, thank you for our first ever, uh, this is a tense term, three-way unscripted. <laughs> um, Any, anything so, for you, Bill. Anything for you. All right. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. bye